Welcome to this new episode of Black Boy Joy Podcast, your dose of comedy, education and advocacy with me, Ainsley. This week, I'm very pleased to be joined by Shakona Fire. Shakona is a writer, a producer, a drag artist and all-round good time based in London. We sat down to talk about their artistry, where they get the inspiration for their politically charged performances, the impact of RuPaul's Drag Race and Drag Race UK on the scene in London, and just gave it to the lowdown on our respective New Year's. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Black Boy Joy Podcast, Rikona. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, just before we started, we were talking about like other respective New Year's. Yeah. So how was yours? Um, good luck, good luck, since all the listeners in. Yeah, I was, um, I'm a dancer. I've been dancing since I was a kid. And so I started go-go dancing. And go-go dancing is um, when you're in a club night and you're a performer, sometimes people will ask you to dance like during some of the DJ sets for like 10 or 20 minutes and you have a break and then you go back. And it's a lot of fun. And like you kind of just, getting paid to have a night out and like dance on stage which is like really cool as well so I was doing that for a night called Queer House Party um and it's like a bunch of DJs and hosts and they're all really really incredible and so yeah we were like I remember getting there at like 10 30 because I didn't start work until like 11 30 um because it's quite a long night New Year's and then yeah it was like like fl- over in a flash it was like oh my god time to get like the cannons like we've got to go on stage and I remember like the producers coming back and then just handing us all of these confetti cannons and we were yeah. like oh my god we've got to go on stage and it was like it was such a rush because usually like on a night out when like it's past midnight no one notices it's like oh my god it's 1am like you just kind of you just kind of going with the flow so then when it's when you're working on a new year's night you have to make sure that is the one night where it's like oh we actually have to be organized because we can't (laughs) we don't want to be the night that like missed the countdown on a night at new year's eve like no one wants to be that person yeah to be fair even if you do miss it like the countdown starts whenever the venue starts that countdown so like you could just uh, yes. like you can make it all <laughs> yeah no one no no one check your phones no one yeah. check any devices that you have ignore the time it's midnight when we say it's midnight <laughs> absolutely well thank you before that um every time i've done a new year and i've gotten my out out it's always been just a complete disaster and I think it's because one of the reasons is because it has that time limit element to it because you know you need to be there before like uh, the New Year hits. And so oh, everything yeah. is just like a complete, oh my God, complete shambles. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time, um, this is even before I lived in London, um, you've heard of Bossy Building in uh, Peckham, Peckham Rye? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. So um, me, one of my friends lived in London at the time. We were all um, we were all visiting him to go to a night out on Bus Building in New Year's. Um, four of us, we were in Boxall. We were piling on our bus to get to Peckham. On our way to Peckham, my friend, this is like this was like 2013, so like before the time when you had like uh, everything on chip and pin, he had like eighty pounds oh, yeah. in cash in his bus pass. We get on the bus and realise that he um, he'd lost that cash. He'd lost the bus pass with the cash in it. Oh, my gosh. So we were like, right, let's just go back to the flat. Let's just have a look around. Let's see if it's there. 
and uh, we do that, we pile off the bus, we, um, we yeah, we have a look around this flat, it's not there, we like, we've invented him, you've lost 80 pounds, but we've still got this night out to do, let's go again. So we go again, get back on the same bus to go to, um, to go to Peckham, then we realise we've got the bus going in the wrong direction, so instead of going towards Peckham, we're going towards South Kensington. <laughs> oh my gosh. It gets worse, it gets worse from there. So once we realised that we made a mistake, we put off the bus. I leave my wallet on that bus. My wallet with like my card, everything I need in it on the bus. And it's like I realized literally as soon as the bus tried pulled away, I realized it was gone. So <laughs> um I luckily I kept, you know, um that was when you needed to have like a paper ticket uh, to get into the club that you wanted to go into. I kept oh, yeah. a spare one in my shoe. Okay. Um, I'd never done that before, never done that since, but that saved my life. So you're like, fine, we can still get into the club. We can go with both go to a friend's house beforehand before yeah. we got there. So we get back on the right bus. We get to Pekka. We literally have to sprint to the friends to the friends back because we left at about 10. It ends up being like ten to midnight by the time like we actually are piling there. So we run, so we run, we sprint to get there. Oh my gosh! We finally get there like five minutes before midnight. We are like ecstatic with joy because we finally, finally managed to managed to make it. We see in the new year like where my friend lives. Uh, you can see embankments, so we can see the fireworks. That was nice. That's and nice. Telling the like everyone all that like, other party goers about like what happened beforehand. And then one of them was like to me, oh, like, I was like, what are you going to do for ID then? And I was like, fuck. Oh. <laughs> so we were like, yeah, I didn't have any ID with me. Let's just try and just beg them to let us into the, um, the club anyway. Hmm. We do that. We go. We get to the club. Uh, the bouncers are searching people pretty aggressively to infer, to, um, like to make sure not have any drugs or any anything that you're not allowed in. Mm. They get to me. He pats me down, then walks past me without IDing me. Then he looks back and is like, "How old are you?" And then he's like, "I'm 22." And he's like, "Oh, you look quite young." And then carried on. And then we got into the. Then we got into the club. Ah. So we made it. That's perfect. <laughs> that kind of ended up, that's like got a happy ending. Like you still got into the club. That's not the end. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My gosh. So like we get to the club. I might have to um what does um what take this bit out. We get to the club. We're having a good time. We're there for literally about 45 minutes. And one of my fucking the one that lost his wallet, the chaotic one. He decided to like buy and take, uh, I think it was, it was a drug, so I think it was MDMA, he tried to take that on the dance floor, and he got caught by security, so he got thrown out, like, like, 10 minutes later. Oh my god, wow. And that was on New Year's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's always bad when like you're with a group of friends and then one person gets kicked out and then everyone's yeah. like, oh, who's, who's going? Like, whose night is ending? Yeah, yeah. And the oh one that gosh. got kicked out didn't live in London, so he's not like, you can just go home, is it? So we all ends up leaving. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my. Oh, yeah, that sounds like 
a hectic one. Yeah, I I'm like lucky now. I feel like I've had now I've had good New Year's because I've been working in nightlife for seven years. Yeah, and yeah. That's because of that. It's like okay, I can just walk into the club because I'm usually usually have to get there um before the club even opens. So yeah. like we're all there when it's like it's either like the first DJ set and there's like 10 people on the dance floor who are yeah. just like there to get to the front or something or there's like music playing but the bar staff are still setting up and you just say hi to everyone yeah and like that's the only reason why I've had a good New Year's it's because yeah. it's like oh I'm like having to work so it's just like I just walk through like staff <laughs> yeah 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 but anyway so uh, one thing I would like to do with my guest is to ask what makes you feel joyful. Um, what makes me feel joyful? I would say performing. Performing yeah. um makes me feel joyful, yeah. And like getting getting dressed and putting on like a really cool outfit and like going out. Yeah. So what well, I mean, since you mentioned it already, you are a Shakona Fire, you are a yes. dead artist, a producer, a writer. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. How long have you been doing it? How long have you been performing in drag for? Uh, I've been doing it for seven years. Oh, for a long time then? Yeah, yeah. It's gone by, like, so quick. I feel like someone shot me out of a cannon, and now I'm, like, awake after seven years, and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, in October last year, it was seven years. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. now? I imagine, like, since, since you've been there for, like, more than five years, I imagine, like, you must have seen, like, a lot of things, like, a lot of people come and go... Within that life change over time. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like you see everything like some things like stay the same. Like you start like people start being more like with any job, like people start being more relaxed with you. Like there's not a lot of explaining or people don't like have to remind you to do certain things. Cause when you're on a night out, like once you get into the club like yeah. that the work and stuff kind of stops for performers like when we get to the club that's when that's the when work starts. starts so yeah. it has to like you say hi to the promoter or the dj just so they know that you're there and then you've got to get your stuff backstage and make sure that you're kind yeah. of ready at a certain time and if you're performing yeah. sometimes you've got to have like your usb ready so you can give it to the dj so they can play it and so after a while with some venues, like, they didn't even need to say anything to me. They're literally like, you're right, babe. <laughs> that's, 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 it. that's literally it. I go, like, yeah. there's one bar I work in at the Glory. I literally go there. I know the security. I know the door person that's always there every Friday and Saturday night. And I've always arrived. I'm like, you're right. How you doing? Have a bit of a catch up. Walk in. Just go straight to the dressing room. Yeah. And then that's it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, here's your drinks tokens. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. See you later. And, then, and yeah. then that's it. And then you do see people like come and go. And I remember mm-hmm. seeing because I started doing drag in the UK before Drag Race UK was even like a possibility. So yeah. when I started, there wasn't in America, there was like this chance to be famous and to do all this like amazing opportunities especially Mm -hmm. as like a queer person and like other black queer people as well um but in the UK they hadn't launched it yet like it hadn't and it was just like a distant rumor like people were just saying like this person's got the rights or whatever and so I think now I've definitely seen like a difference of now that drag race is in the UK I've started Mm -hmm. to see like oh okay some people are like starting to do drag now because they know that like 
there's something that could like financially benefit you quite a lot and or there's like a lot of people that like um are really stepping it up with like their looks and wearing all these human Mm -hmm. wigs and you know going Mm -hmm. broke (laughs) for like (laughs) the hope of like getting on the show like I've seen like like every kind of drag you could possibly see but I'm still always surprised like I'm still Mm. because there's still always people new coming in and so it's just the best it's honestly one of the best jobs because you never there's always people coming in like people don't really leave it like once you've been doing it for a certain amount of time it's like this is my life now yeah and then you just see more people join so it's like it's really nice because then everyone kind of starts to look to you as like for advice or for inspiration and it's yeah it's it's really cool like experiencing like both sides of that yeah absolutely so if you had to explain to Kona Fire explain the act explain kind of like the persona what would you say yeah I would say Shakona Fire is your highly educated North London council estate kid meaning um very much me <laughs> but like yeah. in drag so like it's it's a more like fem feminization of who I already am like I grew up in a council estate I am from North London mm-hmm. um I would say you know I went to drama school for like applied theatre and education so I I learned a lot about like behind the scenes and creating stuff and writing about mm-hmm. theatre and so I did a lot of that um like in my early 20s and then I started performing but I started doing stuff that like I knew I couldn't do in uni or like it it might not have made like as much sense Mm -hmm. so I do like one of the performances that I do it was I made it in the middle of 2020 and I basically got all these clips from all of these black artists that were like kind of raising their voices and calling people out and it was all about like the beauty influencers and like other drag artists that were just kind of telling their truth and saying hey like this isn't this isn't cool do you remember this happening to me and like people being educated and people being learned and then I mixed it with a song and the Mm -hmm. song that I lip synced to is Michael Buble's Cry Me a River and I basically I basically thought like if cancel culture was a person what would they say and like I just thought like because it's drag it's also meant to be really camp tongue-in-cheek and very kind Mm -hmm. of taking the piss out of it a little bit and I kind of love do that to kind of take the power back to be like I'm aware that all of this stuff is going on but I also think it's so silly that some of you out there don't realize that you should educate yourselves so I'm going to lip sync to Michael Buble and hear these people get cancelled you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) so So, after after Cold of Fire show would that would it be fair to say like so do you do do you like mix lip syncs yeah I do like like, mixes of lip syncs sometimes I like mix different songs sometimes I'll use like a bass song and a lot of my um, performances have like a very strong message behind them but they always mm. have like a really good song that like matches the message so I'll get like different quotes from like activists or movies or musicals and I'll like get different lines and then I'll put them in and I'll cut them in with the song so like yeah. I've used like um a Nicki Minaj song before and I've cut in mm-hmm. like other things from different movies or I've used like um 
a popular one that I've done is called Look What You Made Me Do. And it's like yeah. Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do, but it's got cut in a lot of like black people saying like um why they're angry and like there's a part in there um from one of Taraji P. Henson's speeches and hidden figures, and then mm-hmm. it kind of cuts in with, oh, look what you made me do. And so yeah, mm-hmm. to see a show like mine is like sometimes I host shows like and introduce other people, but when I perform, it's definitely like a lot of fun, but there's like a strong message behind it as well. Yeah, amazing. So um, I've seen like a fair few of your performances on YouTube, on mm. um, and like on your Instagram as well, and that they do seem like exactly what you say. Like they seem quite is entertaining and yeah. quite impactful at the same time. And like I guess because I mean we're both black queer people, so I imagine that like the quite reference that we take from the voice is quite similar. So I've seen like YouTubers. I've just heard of like Trey Mil- Trey Melvin, but I was but like I've heard like one of his monologues in one of your acts. Before. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I love Trey Melvin. He um as like a YouTuber and like an artist, he definitely has been quite strong in like talking about like racial injustice and oh, yeah. um and like with queer liberation as well, which um and like the clip that you talk about, like, I distinctly remember the video it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that video. I remember watching a lot of this stuff. I'm a huge Trey Melvin fan, have been for years. And I remember like watching his videos back in the day and just feeling like I need to use his voice in something because, yeah, he was like one of the first black YouTubers that I saw that was really like doing it in a way that was um making it entertaining like it would Mm -hmm. be like a 10 minute video or an 18 minute long video and I couldn't I wouldn't get tired I wouldn't stop watching it was just like oh my god this is amazing and he just always hits it just on like on the spot like on point always yeah absolutely absolutely and also he does like a lot of skits as well like he had his um, character Waterman Andrea who I loved so much Ah, oh, love her. Oh, the best. Yes. I used to, like, just watch that sometimes. I Sometimes I just put it on because it's so entertaining. Like, it's yeah. so it's so good. Like, it's so yeah, good. I really remember, funny. like, when he did... um, I don't know if you remember when she did, like, a response video. Like, mm-hmm. the character Water Melandre did a response video to, like... Um, Raven Simone, who when she was on The View, she was talking about like people's names and stuff and being like I'm not going to hire you if your name is Waterman Andrea. And yeah. obviously I think Raven at the time knew what she was doing because it's like yeah. only other black queer people know who that like yeah. name comes from. It comes from Trey's character and so he yeah. then went on camera as Waterman Andrea and like responded and it yeah. was the best piece of pop culture by a black queer person I've seen like it was so good (laughs) it was so good (laughs) I agree so tell me about like your dad aesthetic my aesthetic is very it's very street inspired like it's very like I got inspired by a lot of girl groups growing up like my favorite girl groups were like SWV and En Vogue and Eternal and TLC Mm. and so like I got really inspired by that and just different people that I grew up seeing in North London so there's a bit of like glamour because I grew up in a council estate but the council estate was opposite a Waitrose so it was really weird (laughs) like being like 
poor and like walking past Waitrose to go to Safeway. Um, but like I yeah. would see through the window and I would see these people that like lived very differently than me and they always like were in suits and like the women were all in their heels and they looked like really glamorous but also like kind of tired because they were coming home from work so like it was like later on in the day and so I kind of take inspiration from all of those things so there's like a bit of glam like I'll have like a bit of a dress and stuff like that and like like um like an afro wig or like a straight wig but then I'll also have like looks where I'm doing like um I did like I made this like champion three-piece set with like and I covered like the sleeves in denim and like I made these mm -hmm. denim boots so I kind of I kind of go in between like the kind of more classic glam and then like hardcore like street style yeah so you make so you make garments as well yeah there's some stuff that like I've worn in drag that I've either bought and just kind of thrown together to kind of make an outfit and then there's some stuff that I've um had over the years and then I've just like either embellished it or I've like deconstructed it to make it into something else and it's yeah. something that I've kind of gotten more into like recently of like getting old pairs of jeans and putting them on a pair of boots and then make now the boots are like a pair of denim boots and I've got a pair of new boots now and so yeah yeah one thing actually about um like the art of drag is that like it's one, it's one of those art forms that I have so much respect for because, like, it's just so much work. Yeah. So much work is unbelievable. Like, I think, like, being able to perform, like, to like, put together a show that will entertain people for a certain amount of time is, like, a full-time full job in itself. Yeah. And then there's, like, you have to, like, come up with looks, you have to be able to apply makeup, you have to do hair, you have to, like, uh, sort of outfits you have to like and like with the, with the drag with probably wear like you have to like constantly evolving all the time yeah I, honestly I don't know how you do it <laughs> really yeah it's it's so weird I remember like one of the drag race girls I can't remember who it was but I remember she was saying like when you're a drag queen you're your own director your own producer your own yeah. sound lighting sometimes you're your own stylist or your own makeup artist your own yeah. assistant like you're literally like it's one of the most like glamorous unglamorous jobs like the finished result is really glamorous because you're in mm -hmm. drag and so you look like really heightened and like um so then that part's great but then no one ever sees you I mean sometimes people do like with your suitcase on the tube in like a full face of makeup but with like a cap on and a tracksuit like that's how yeah. I travel to my gigs sometimes like if I don't take an uber then I'll always like do my face at home yeah then I'll be like put my hood up put my cap on and most people nowadays like they just don't care because so many people know what drag is a lot yeah. of like other queer people sometimes have seen me like on the tube like on the way to a gig and then they just give me like a little nod they're like oh have a good show like because <laughs> they know you can yeah. see like the amount of makeup on my face you can see that like I've got a suitcase I'm wearing a tracksuit and I've got like a full like face of makeup on so it's like you know I'm you know I'm a drag queen and that I'm going to a show um, yeah but yeah, it, it can be one of those things of like everything's in a suitcase and then it just kind of transforms. But yeah, it is yeah. like pretty, it is pretty hardcore when you're like in bars and clubs all of the time. You're always so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're, you're always so uncomfortable, but you just get used to it. Like I feel like now, like 
if I didn't wear heels for a year, I don't know what, I don't think I would like know how to walk. I'd be like so freaked yeah. <laughs> out. I'd be like, what? Yeah. what is going on? I've not like, when I go like really long periods of time without like, like putting makeup on my face or like doing drag, it always feels really weird or it feels like the first time in a way because if it's not happened for like three weeks like in January it's always quite slow I don't usually start working again until like late beginning of January like mid-January and then so when that happens it's like oh my god like I forget like I do this but then you kind of just get over it and then you're ready in like an hour and it's like okay time to leave (laughs) like it's it's kind of like riding a bike again yeah absolutely um, I was wondering, like, you said you've been doing it for seven years. Like, what was it that kind of, like, made made you want to try it, like, gave you the push to, like, start, like, dressing with makeup? Or, like, yeah, like, what was it that kind of, like, got you into it? Yeah. So I remember when I was in uni, people would say, and even before when I was, like, just out in Soho, some, like, drag queens that were, like, flowering on the street, one in particular, she would say, oh, you would make a beautiful drag queen. Like, you would be amazing. And I would always say no. Like, I would always be like, no, I don't want to do drag. Then I started going to uni and people mentioned it. And then they mentioned Drag Race. And at that point, I'd started watching, I think it was like season six or season seven around that time of like the US version. And so I'd watched it and I thought like drag was cool. I was like, hmm, maybe I'll try it like one day. And then when I was so how I got my drag name this is a funny weird story um people's drag names come to them in like all different forms sometimes they make up themselves sometimes you get it by like a drag parent Mm -hmm. which takes you under their wing mine was it was freshers week and it was like freshers finale so it was like the last night of freshers where we thought oh okay let's go to like a Weatherspoons and like get a few like like, pictures of cocktails Mm -hmm. um like before we then go to the venue so we went there, like had some food, had some drinks and the bar, like the waiter was so funny. He was just like, must have known we were students and just like came over and was just like saying like all these different like um quotes and phrases and like it was just so funny. And he like started to really make our night like he was just so cool. And I remember he like looked at me and was like, if your name was, if you were a drag queen, your name would be Shakona. And then gave me my burger and fries oh. and like walked away. And yeah. then, so then when, so then I just thought it was an inside joke. We were like, oh, I've got a drag name. It's Shakona, la la la. And then when I was in uni, one of the second years, so the person ab- above, the year above me was a cabaret performer. And they'd been performing for like a few years. And so they were putting on another event at the beginning of the year and it was like a drag cabaret and they were getting like some of the top drag artists Mm -hmm. from London and so they asked me like oh like do you want to like open up for them like it will be free you said you might want to try drag so like why not just do it and then like that's it and I was like oh all right like do you know what like why not and then like they asked me like oh what's your drag name and I was like oh I've got a drag name, it's Shakona. And yeah. then, like, um, they asked me, like, oh, what, um, like, Shakona what? And I didn't think about going with one name. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fire. Because I just thought it sounded, like, really fierce. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, like, so my name just kind of made made it up. And then I 
remember like seeing all of like performing and like doing the opening part of the show when it came like a few weeks later and then I saw drag live and at mm-hmm. that point that was when I was like oh this is drag because it was so yeah. different from what I saw in drag race I saw like mm-hmm. All different types of body types, all different genders. I saw women doing drag. I saw trans women doing drag. Men, like all of these mm-hmm. people that were just all queer and they were all doing drag and they were doing burlesque and circus skills. And I remember going, wait, this is drag? Like you could you could do yeah. this? Like you can look like, because some of them looked like really like alternative and edgy and like they mm-hmm. were so beautiful, but just in a, such a different way and it reminded me of like growing up back home that like the most glamorous thing you could own when I was a kid was like if you were like a girl with a pool's boutique bag in secondary school you were it like you were (laughs) it like you were like the one if you like that that was like and I loved those girls I just thought they were so cool and so glamorous I remember like the first girl that got like a human hair weave or like and that she was just like (laughs) like she was like so cool so confident and like she just moved with this energy and so like I would get really inspired by that and so it 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 really just made me feel like wow like this seems like home because people are just like being themselves like it's not about showing off or anything it's like I've bought this outfit I've got this makeup I've got this look and this is my life and after that I was like okay I want to do drag I want to do it like where do I go and I just started doing like different like open mics competitions like doing drag for no money and at that point I didn't even know you could earn money or what fees would be I wouldn't find that out until like a few years later and then yeah I just kind of kept doing it after the third year you kind of know like after year three you kind of know like because that's when everything really starts to pick up the first Mm -hmm. two years for a lot of people it nothing really nothing too hectic happens but mm-hmm. then by like year three, you start to realize that people are really starting to notice you because a lot of people start and then it's like, oh, it's not for me. And then they kind of like stop, which happens because people realize how hard it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, I have a drag name of myself. I thought I could run by you. <laughs> oh, yes. What is it? <laughs> so it is uh, Dominique Decorum. From the house uh, decorum. Yes! <laughs> yes! Dominique decorum. Oh my god. So I, I love to... that. <laughs> so I need to clarify. So I haven't actually been in full drag myself. I haven't like worn makeup. I haven't um I have like I've worn weeks for that. That's not that's not really properly doing drag. I have a friend of mine who kind of like, like I said, like doesn't do drag seriously, but like wears weeks on a desk um every now and again. And yeah. their name is Patty Decorum. So we're like, ah. like house decorum. Um, that's oh my fun. God. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love the name Dominic Decorum. I love that it's, the uh, initials are like Dominique, DD. Dominique Decorum. Dominique, Dominique yeah. Decorum. Yeah. yeah. I love that the initials are like DD. I love that. Yeah. Like, like for sure. Like be like, hey, DD. Hey, it's Dominique. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love so, that. I love that name. So the Dominique is uh, taken from, uh, you know, Dominique Devereaux from Dynasty. Yes. So, yes. yeah, so that's what it's copied from. It's copied from that character. And obviously, like, oh. um, 
in the show, she was like always feuding with um, John Collins' character, Alexis Carrington. And she was like yeah. really BS and very deaverish. And that was like the inspiration for the name. So, like, I've got the persona and the name, but like, I've done nothing else with the, um, with the persona since then. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it, it takes time. Like, you just kind of figure it out. And like, the the most difficult part of like, doing it or working in nightlife or doing any part of nightlife is like starting it because it's so like even though there's so much drag out there it still feels so unknown when you start doing it because you experience a night out like I experience a night out so different now even Mm. if I'm not working it's just still different (laughs) yeah because then you start to be like not famous but like a local face and name yeah, that it. people yeah. know you because a lot of people know what I look like out of drag most of the time anyway so if people yeah. see me out people will be like oh hey Shakona and then you'll start to like notice that a lot more and then you'll start to use your drag name pretty yeah. much like day to day like just yeah. on a night out being like oh this is just the name I use like I don't yeah. know a lot of performers like birth names and yeah, I just don't I know and when people say like what the name I'm like who's that like I, yeah. I don't I literally will be like wait what because I only yeah. know their yeah, like their name drag name. Yeah. yeah I get that I get that to be honest with you I think I'll make a horrible drag queen like I let's say if I have anything on my face I can't help but touch it so like if I <laughs> ever had makeup on it in 10 minutes it'd be all smudged it'd be look like I've been through like hell in a hand basket and it'd only been 10 <laughs> minutes that's like gone by <laughs> yeah no it, it can get a lot like on your face and stuff and then you know you've got to just remember like it just becomes part of your face but yeah when yeah. like there's stuff on your face and like lashes and stuff like the first time I wore lashes I was like I can't open my eyes like yeah. <laughs> I felt like this weight on my eyes and I was like what is this like what is yeah. this feeling and then yeah. after a while it was like oh this is this this feels normal but then when you take them off it's when you take them off it is the best feeling at the end of the night taking off your shoes your wig and your lashes like taking those three things off for me is like oh my god like it's literally the best feeling in the world (laughs) can you cast your mind back to like the very first time you performed in full-time drag oh yeah I remember I was so nervous because it was in my SU bar so it mm-hmm. was like, it was like, I didn't look like amazing at all. I looked like crap. But most people that they start drag, you don't look, because you don't know everything yeah. about makeup and stuff yet. Um, but I remember feeling like nervous, but also excited. And I remember like being, because it was like how I got the name. It mm-hmm. felt so like, oh, this is real. Like, this is like, I'm Shakona. Like, I'm actually being... Shakona, like the inside joke that we had in the Weatherspoons, is like yeah. now, like standing here, and I remember like having the heels on and like having to like practice like days before, but like on the night I was just like, this is so exciting, like this is so mm. exciting. I'm like, I don't look the best, but I feel so cool. Like I just feel like electric. There was something that happened to me that night where it was just like, this feels like incredible and it it kept happening as well yeah yeah that's yeah. amazing that's um that's a nice way for you to uh, for you to spot it actually mm. um one thing so you mentioned um Douglas UK earlier on 
And yeah. one thing I did really want to ask is like, um, do you think that like what the impact of that show has been on kind of like nightlife and the drag scene now in London? Like, had it had a good impact? Had it had a bad impact? Mm. Um, I think it's had a good and a bad. Like, I think it's had a good impact because it's put drag in a lot of people's living rooms that maybe wouldn't have gone to a drag show. So now mm. they know what drag is and they see that it's like another form of art and it's entertaining. And, you know, parents are taking their kids to like drag um, conventions and stuff like that, which is super cute. So I think like for those things, like the progression of like, family stuff I think it's really mm-hmm. amazing and like it's created a lot more opportunities in the local scene because now a lot of bars and a lot of venues have noticed that oh wait a minute drag is also a great business tool and like business wise it can be a really smart move like a lot of these um girls making a lot of money are doing branches and there weren't a lot of drag branches seven years ago like that just yeah. wasn't a thing now there's a drag brunch everywhere like every queen has a brunch and it's like it's a really really good gig to have so I think those Mm -hmm. are all the positive things I would say the parts that are like aren't so great is when people kind of start to critique drag from a place of well this is what I've seen on television so if you're not that then you're not as good as Mm -hmm. or stuff like that and everyone's drag is so different and there's so much drag and selection out there it's kind of mm-hmm. sad when people kind of start to like compare and um try and like judge people if they've not been on the show or if they have been on the show or people mm-hmm. only doing it to get on the show not because they love the art form but just because it's like oh I want to be rich and famous yeah. so I'm gonna get on tv and I'm gonna do the show so I feel like things like that like aren't as cool because it's just kind of like well like this like a lot of people just started doing it because you could make some money from it but it was just really like you had to just love doing it and that was like the main thing but um nowadays it's like a lot of people are like super super young because yeah and a lot of the times like when you like see the show it's people who are a lot younger you know i think a lot of people that have been doing drag um for a while like over 10 years don't really you don't see a lot of them on drag race so i think mm-hmm. it's one of those because like once you've got your career and stuff you you might not want to do reality tv do you know what yeah. i mean so yeah. i think like for a lot of people it's been great and mm-hmm. for some people it's just kind of like mm, you know because representation of drag isn't like at a hundred percent, I'd say Drag Race has hit like a a, a, a sensible seventy four. Um, yeah. But I think like yeah. I feel like it's hit that, and then there's like other parts of drag, like drag kings and like more um, women in drag, and like they've yeah. done like really great when it comes to like trans representation in drag. Now I think like mm-hmm. especially in the US, like they've come so far, and like even like switched up. Um, certain catchphrases and stuff that weren't Mm -hmm. as gender inclusive and I Mm -hmm. think that's really good that they're moving with the times especially with such a big brand and with big brands and big production companies they don't always change things so the Mm -hmm. fact that they have and it's just kind of happened I think that's been really amazing but it is sad that like sometimes people do just want to do the nightlife thing or the drag thing for like the clout to like get into a bar for free (laughs) yeah yeah I get that one thing I wanted to ask that I completely forgot before when you're talking about 
um, your act. Is that I wondered if though, um, like you out of drag and you being like Jacona on stage, are there any like personality differences you'd say between the two personas? Is there something you feel like you could bring up more with her, with, with her or with them? Mm, I would say that when I'm in drag and I'm more like, in Jacona mode, it is more of like there is more of like just a heightened version of everything that I already have. I'd say like day to day especially when I'm home, I'm usually really quiet. I'm the housemate that's usually in my room, not because anything's wrong. It's just, I like mm-hmm. chilling and like talking like with my friends or like watching movies or something like that. And I'm usually, if I'm out, then I'm like, let's have some fun. Let's like party mm-hmm. and like, let's like talk and like have a conversation. Um, but like day to day, I'm usually quite chill. So I think when I'm being Shakona, it is a thing of like, right, I've got to like, kick it I've got to kick up the energy um you know a lot more but it's also a lot more focused it's not Mm because when you're like just out on a night out you're not really thinking too much whereas when you're performing and you're doing a show you still have to be kind of like sharp on a few things like if I'm hosting a show I'll like prepare a joke or like I'll like mention something that's just happened on stage and like so it's a lot more like thought with all of my actions but it's still like me, you know, if you have a conversation mm-hmm. with me in drag and a conversation with me out of drag, it is kind of the same thing, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. And now that you are kind of like, um, like I said, it seems like you're a bit more black as stole, what people know you. Um, I imagine there'll be some about people who look up to you. Has there been anyone that like you've taken on your wing or anyone that you'll have support? Um, I've not, I wouldn't say that I've taken anyone under my wing but I'd say like it's definitely like people have I've started to experience in the last like um couple of years where people have come up to me and said like oh like you um like I met you at this gig and you were really lovely and you were really nice to us and it really helped us out I remember someone did that to me on New Year's I was hosting a show some months back and then they were like oh we were this do you remember us and I was like oh my god yeah it's you guys like how are you doing and they just said like um that it meant a lot to them that I was really nice and that mm-hmm. I really kind of encouraged them and supported them and they felt really safe. And yeah. there's been other um, people um, that I've kind of taken note, especially me being a black political performer and yeah. me kind of not being a queen that like does Beyonce or does like any of like kind of the stereotypical things. I think yeah. that took like a lot of people kind of started to notice that and people have definitely like given me my flowers and I've started to accept them as an artist especially being British we never like we're always like no please don't compliment me too much but now I've started to accept it more because I I I understand what that could feel like for someone else I didn't really have a Shakona fire to look at when I came into the scene so it's kind of cool that like when people meet me um that it's they can smile like and I always love giving a good um, first impression and I love being part of the community and making people feel safe I always want yeah. to make people feel welcome because it's like you know especially in queer spaces like these are our spaces and we're all family so we should all like support one another so when people have like kind of given me love back it's it's been mm-hmm. really really cool amazing and you just mentioned like you had that um being I guess more of a political queen or a political queen yeah. or political artist I was wondering, like, have you ever, like, have you ever caused any controversy um, with some acts that you produced before? Um, 
I wouldn't say have I caused any controversy. Or maybe a better no. question is maybe a better question would be like what are the reaction being to um to like some of the performances that you've that you've done? Ah, some of the performances I've done, sometimes people um some of the more like poppy ones with like Nicki Minaj, Taylor Swift and stuff like that, people get like riled up in a good way of all races. Yeah. Some people kind of get it. Um there's been some performances that are a little bit more um darker and they're a lot more serious. And yeah. I say like anyone who knows my personality normally, if they would see that performance, they would be like, whoa, like that was like so um, like different, Mm -hmm. Um, which I love being able to do. I love being able to be like really, really serious, but also have bits of humor. So I remember there was one time I did this performance and it was about slavery and it was like a contemporary inspired piece. And I was like, um, picking things up and putting them in my basket and doing all of that. And people, some people, a lot of people really loved it. They were like, oh, we love that someone's going there and that yeah. you're doing this in drag. Like, this is sick. But there were, I remember there was one person, it was a white person and they were lovely and they're an amazing artist and performer. And I remember them kind of just taking the moment to be like, you're amazing. I need to think about this and I'm mm-hmm. going to come back and speak to you. And I remember having that experience and going, I love that I've just done that to someone. Like, yeah. I love that, like, I've performed something so poignant that another white person who's educated and is educating themselves has mm-hmm. now said, that was great. I know it's great, but I just need to like simmer down real quick. Yeah. And then we yeah. had a com- and then we had a conversation about it afterwards and we were going to work together and then the pandemic hit. Um mm-hmm. but maybe one day we will still work together, but I remember th- I remember that um mm-hmm. particular one and I remember going like okay, I've like I've really done some shit. Like, like, for me as an artist, like, that's 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 all you could ever want. Like, to get, like, a reaction, especially when it is a really powerful performance, like, you want people to think about it and you want people to kind of be affected by it. So the fact that I was able to do it, I was, Mm -hmm. like, really, really proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, as you were saying that, because obviously, like, you are a Black performer and, like... A lot of the a lot of your work, a lot of the um the uh, performances that you do, like have that like it it's spelled out. It's not um and it's talking about issues of race, things like that. I was wondering because yeah. I imagine it's, I imagine that multiple audiences you perform to are mainly white audiences. Mm-hmm. Does that ever yeah. make you feel like slightly apprehensive about like going there and like kind of like saying this one thing like so out there, so it's like just being so exposed. Yeah. When, do you know what? I feel like now because most people expect it from me and because my tagline is the political princess of London and it's in my bio and Instagram, I feel like I've made a very huge, because I do some commercial things as well. Like I do a Donna Summer mix, a Hamilton mix. I perform Whitney Houston songs. And like, so I do some club nights where it is very just like party and upbeat. But a lot of people know that that is a huge side of what I do. But because I came into drag so naive, I didn't know about like whether being, and I was just doing whatever. Like when I came into drag, I wasn't trying to be like a political drag queen. It just kind of mm-hmm. it ended up being something that I was really good at. So I just kind of made it into a thing. But yeah. when I started, I was so clueless that I just did it because 
I wanted to. And I think coming out of drama school, I was like, I want to say this. I just, I was just bursting. Like, I was like, I want to talk about being Black and queer and not having mm-hmm. them being so separate. I want to talk about it at the same time because I exist as both 24 mm-hmm. seven. So mm-hmm. I just did it. And like, I started to notice that people did like it. And I was kind of getting gigs where the, that kind of work was um, respected. And it just mm-hmm. kind of, I think, I think early on as well, I was able to kind of know what would work where I'm kind mm-hmm. of very early on I was able to kind of know what would work in what room I believe that you you don't have to die on every hill um mm-hmm. some hills yeah. you need to climb so you've yeah. got to be able to make sure like you know what should do I perform here what do I perform there because there's some numbers that like I do that I just wouldn't do in certain places not because the place mm-hmm. is racist it just means that it as an artist and as a performance it wouldn't make sense for the mm-hmm. brand of the venue or for the show so sometimes like I'll just make that decision but I came in just like guns blazing I just I mm-hmm. literally came in like hello like this racism yeah. like I yeah. just like I just started doing it because I was so clueless I didn't even think about like me being a black political drag queen was a thing. I just I just thought like this is a performance that I've made and I think because I just treated it like that other people just started to do it. I think like mm-hmm. because I just treated it as like oh I'm not because I didn't start calling myself a political um princess of London until I was 3 or 4 years into doing drag and at mm-hmm. that point I people started to notice that I was doing a lot of political drag performances. So once people started to notice that it was more of a thing, then I put a name to it. But mm. when I, well, cause I came in, I was just like, Nope, I'm just doing this. And I just treated yeah. it as I treated it. I treated myself as like anything else that I had seen. I didn't really put myself in like a separate category because I think that's yeah. where you can then start tripping up. Because if you're just walking around, like, what I'm just a drag queen out here living my life Uh, if anybody else brought up the fact that it was different then that makes it awkward for them yeah because I'm already like no one wants to be that person where it's like but don't you feel like you're you know I don't think anyone (laughs) no one white especially wants to be that person but like if I'm not mentioning anything being different and because I didn't I didn't treat myself like I was a different kind of drag queen. And I'm not like, no one's the first to do anything these days. Like it's all been done before. So because I just treated myself like, like cash, everybody else kind of just followed. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. To to be honest with you, like like, I'm like a podcaster. I have interviewed with a lot of of people, mainly like um, people who are black or queer or black and queer whatever and we, mm-hmm. talk, we talk about like lots of like, our experiences which I guess I don't want to say it's controversial because like it's our thoughts our feelings experiences of going off back and queer in the UK so like yeah. that's not controversial it's just um yeah it's just the way we love with our lives but because yeah. we are these people because we had these experiences and it is gonna it's always gonna be viewed like in a political lens oh yeah always yeah, and like that's it kind of it does make me apprehensive a lot of a lot of the time. That's me being completely honest. And I have a luxury because I like sit behind a computer to um to do my podcast or while I've like got one guest with me. 
and we're talking and we're in agreement and then when it goes out into the world there's like what sort of media can say something or whatever but it's not like directly at me there's not these eyes looking at me if that makes yeah. sense yeah 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 it's a lot easier but sometimes like you've got like I sometimes remember like a lot of the times when people are angry or they're being mean it's probably because they're afraid and they're confused because mm-hmm. you're probably something that doesn't make sense to them in their world because yeah. they think whatever they're around that is the world and that's it so if yeah. you meet somebody like me sometimes you know Billy from Westershire or whatever is yeah. gonna be like, what the what the bliminell is this? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. gonna think like this is something weird because I've never seen someone like you before, or even heard someone like you existed. So then sometimes when people like do that, they just get angry and they get scared yeah. because you're something that they're seeing as like unknown. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't. A lot of people love to feel like they know the world and they know everything and it's like I've got my life sorted and then like sometimes when you meet people it could feel like throwing a spanner in the works or that you've been lied to about the world of like who exists so sometimes like nowadays I've gotten to the place now where I'm like I sometimes think it's funny I'm like first of all if you think that I care about your opinion it's none of my business first of all and second of all I'm I've I've been been here. Like other people yeah. <laughs> have been alive yeah. before me. Like, you know, so I'd like, mm. you know, it's so hard, especially with social media now. But like as someone who also has to live on a public platform, like whenever like um an an annoying message has come through, I'm literally like delete block yeah. good night. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. So like what's like what does twenty twenty three bring for Shakona? Um, twenty twenty three brings hopefully like really a a more of a busy year doing different things like more writing. I stopped writing for a bit, so I want to like write more. Definitely having a lot more me time, but still trying mm-hmm. to be productive and be like organized. Um, mm-hmm. continuing to create. Um, I'm I'm doing like a show at the Vaults Festival in February, and I mm-hmm. remember hearing of the Vaults when I was in uni, and so now to be like producing, and performing in a my own cabaret show with my um producing partner, like that is really really cool, and we've booked the lineup that we personally would want to see in mm-hmm. like a festival like that, and so we're so excited to be able to bring that, and I remember seeing like our poster. And like the book now, like link like on their website, and I remember like calling my friend, and I was like, <gasps> "Can you believe this?" So like that's yeah. like already cool. I was um featured in a documentary, um on BBC Three, um with Cara Delevingne, and like mm-hmm. that was really really cool. I got to meet her, and like we're talking and stuff in the documentary, and like so that was that coming out, um was really cool, and that came out like late last year, um. Well, like, which is also, like, a few weeks ago, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, mm-hmm. that was um, really, really cool. So, yeah, like, hopefully just more travelling, more drag, more just, like, life, you know? I think this year is the year that I really want to, like, just do different stuff and just keep working, even if I'm not doing gigs. Like, there's something else that I can do. Like, create yeah. a look or, like, just do something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. 
And so if you have, where can we stay up to date with everything you're doing with everything you've um, got going on? You can find pretty much everything from my Instagram page at Shakona Fire. So that's spelt like S-H-A-K-O-N-A Fire. Um, and yeah, so then that's kind of where I post all of my gigs. It's where I upload reels. It's where I do like a lot of other content. Um, but yeah, that's basically where I post like all of my shows. I always like at the beginning of every month, I try and like basically say where I'm going to be, like what the night is, where it's at. Um, I just did one, I just posted one today for January because I just thought, oh, I need to start like promoting like where I'm going to be. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to promote like different things at the same time. So I always like doing one post of my story being like, these are all of the shows I'm coming to. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so then that's um, that's where you can find me. Okay, great. And one more one more question before um, for we wrap. Is there like, are there any other, other artists that you might want to shout out to want you to go and see to go and experience? Oh my gosh, I would say um, Sadie Sinner um, and the Cocoa Butter Club. Sadie Sinner mm-hmm. is a um, um, singer um, and she is also a producer and the founder and creator of the Cocoa Butter Club. And for all of you Black queers out there that want to see some Black beautiful melanin bodies on stage, um, follow the Cocoa Butter Club. It is a collective of all brown and black people of colour. Every single show is at the Cocoa Butter Club. It's, their tagline is where the melanated are celebrated. And yeah. I've been performing with them since the beginning of my drag career. And yeah. literally, like, if if you want to support anything, especially in our community, the Cocoa Butter Club is, like the one because it is like what a lot of things that a lot of black people in the UK have in common now as performers is the Cocoa Butter Club because a lot mm-hmm. of us have done it or come through it um yeah. so yeah I would say Cocoa Butter Club and you will find on their Instagram page so many amazing artists perfect great is there anything else you want to um want to say you want to um get out to the listeners um I don't know. Follow me. (laughs) (laughs) Follow me. Come see a show. Um, It will be a laugh. It will be great. And like, if you've not seen any drag, then like, just go, go out and see some drag. It's fun. Yeah. Amazing. Well, if, um, if that's it, then I just want to say thank you very much, Connor, for joining me on this episode. Ah, thank you for having me. It's been um it's been a blast. I feel like we've had a great conversation. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Perfect, perfect. Thank you very much. Yay. And once again, that closes another episode of Black Broadway Podcast. Thank you so much, Tisha Corner, for joining me on this episode. It was a lot of fun. As always, you can follow Black Broadway Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at BLK Broadway Pod. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen on Spotify, please give us a glowing five-star rating. And on Apple Podcasts, if you just give us a lovely five-star review. Thank you.